Shalom. I'm Dr. Shia Rothberg from the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem, and this is a podcast about the Torah significance of the global human rights movement. I'll begin with some introductory remarks. It happens now and again that powerful ideas collide and combine and become a new idea that changes the course of history. I believe that on the cultural horizon of the human species today, there is such a new idea that can help push humanity to a higher stage of evolution, a stage in which the potential of our species for goodness and beauty will be more realized than it is today. The new idea that I'm talking about is the theology of human rights. And the two ideas that combine to make the theology of human rights are, on the one hand, the old religious vision of the kingdom of God, and on the other hand, the much more recent vision of humanity laid out by the global human rights movement. When you combine the kingdom of God with the human rights vision of humanity, you get the following question. What is the divine significance of achieving global human rights? Addressing this question is what I call the theology of human rights. In this podcast, I'll explore a little bit of what the theology of human rights might mean. I won't try to present an historically comprehensive picture of either the idea of the kingdom of God nor of the human rights movement. What I'll do is to emphasize certain themes in these ideas that come together in a theology of human rights. Part 1. Maimonides on the Kingdom of God In the laws of judges at the end of his Mishneh Torah, Moses Maimonides, who is also called the Rambam, lays out a vision of the global order of higher humanity. According to the Yemenite manuscripts, he says as follows, Quote, In that era, there will be neither famine nor war, neither jealousy nor strife. Blessings will be abundant, comforts within the reach of all. The one preoccupation of the whole world will be to know God. Thus they will become greatly wise and will know hidden and deep matters, grasping the knowledge of their Creator to the utmost capacity of the human mind. As it is written, For the earth shall be full of the consciousness of God as the waters cover the sea. Unquote. That last verse uh, from Isaiah 11.9 that he uh, quoted reads like this, the full verse. Lo yareu velo yashchitu bechol har kodshi ki malah haaretz dea et adunai kemaim liyam mechasim. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the consciousness of God, as the waters cover the sea. Now here and in other places, the Rambam explains that in his vision, all human societies are organized around the rule of law, and no one is oppressed or exploited. The Rambam imagines a world in which all the resources of our planet are invested in protecting and nurturing human beings. In particular, The Rambam's vision is about fostering higher culture, and by higher culture he means things like philosophy, science, medicine, law, religion, literature, and, most importantly for the Rambam, higher states of consciousness, like those achieved in meditation and prayer. The heart of the Rambam's vision is that we, as a species, invest everything we've got in realizing our potential to be higher kinds of creatures, creatures who are wiser, and deeper, and more loving, and more just than we are now. 
The global order of higher humanity is for the Rambam the kingdom of God. It represents the success of the King Mashiach. The Mashiach is the symbol for what happens when the will of God becomes wedded to this worldly power. The Mashiach wields the political and economic power of the world and governs the human species according to the divine purpose. And the divine purpose is higher humanity. Why is higher humanity the divine purpose? I think that there are two fundamental intuitions at the core of the Torah, as the Rambam understands it. The first intuition is that we as human beings encounter something in our experience that is of ultimate value, something that is worthy of our worship and service. We call that something God. The second intuition is that human beings can be more or less in God's image. Not to be in God's image is to be selfish and ignorant and self-destructive. To be in God's image is to be wise, loving, and just. In order to achieve the image of God, human beings need a suitable political reality. That political reality is called the kingdom of God, and the Torah is the blueprint for setting it up. And thus, the global order of higher humanity is the kingdom of God, and is the divine purpose of humanity. The Rambam teaches that there are two basic tasks necessary to achieve humanity's divine purpose. The first task is called tikkun haguf, or mending the body politic of humanity. The second task is called tikkun hanefesh, or mending the soul of humanity. The first task, mending the body politic, consists of guaranteeing the conditions of life for all human beings, such as protection from violence, housing, medicine, education, and so forth. The second task, mending the soul of humanity, consists of investing in higher culture until all people realize their potential to be wise, loving, and just as much as they can. Mending the body politic will be accomplished through mitzvah dinim, the universal human obligation to establish the, gro- the global rule of law. So that was the Maimonides, that was Maimonides on the kingdom of God. And now I'm moving on to part two, the human rights vision of humanity. The global order today is far from the Rambam's vision of higher humanity. Mass poverty, oppression, and exploitation engulf billions of human beings. But there are also reasons to give thanks. One reason is the rise of the global human rights movement. Since the late 1970s, human rights have become a central theme of political and legal discourse across the cultures of the planet. It's true, it's not clear how much that's improved the reality on the ground, but never before in the history of our species have so many people shared a discourse about justice that cuts across borders, cultures, and religions. Sharing a discourse doesn't mean agreeing about everything, but it means creating a productive space to argue about our differences. That's the first step towards higher humanity. There are many arenas of human rights activism. The International Declaration of Human Rights and the Covenants on Human Rights have been incorporated into the constitutions of many states, into national legal systems, into regional and international courts, and into trade agreements and international labor organizations. In addition to these legal avenues, human rights activism has become the center of a global civil society dedicated to documenting and protesting human rights abuses. International organizations like Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, as well as thousands of local organizations operating in almost every country on the planet, 
unite millions of activists throughout the world behind the human rights vision. Human rights is not a philosophy, but rather a practice. The question that human rights comes to answer is not what is the essence of a human being or are there such things as natural rights. The question that human rights come to answer is this. How do we translate our commitment to the well-being of human beings into a practical language of legal and political action? Human rights is about coming to some basic agreements about what those who wield power must do and what they must not do and finding ways of enforcing them. I think that the essence of the global human rights movement is humanity taking more responsibility for the well-being of humanity. Conclusion In a nutshell, the theology of human rights means that the practical outcome of belief in God is the ongoing struggle to redeem humanity from her present state of Chorban, destruction, and Galut, exile. The divine significance of achieving the global human rights vision is nothing less than the realization of the divine purpose of our creation. Human rights is the global movement to mend the body politic of our broken humanity. Applying a human rights perspective to any given situation means putting aside for a moment our various interests and asking the critical questions. Are the human, are the human beings in this situation starving? Are they being butchered? Are they oppressed? The cardinal principle of the Torah as the blueprint for higher humanity means liberating our species from these evils. Only then, as the Rambam concludes the Mishneh Torah, can the consciousness of God fill the earth like the waters cover the sea.